Yeah, like let's face it, it's just because we we just want everything <laughs> we go to Oreo. Pretty much. It's just because we're biased. Like we have to be honest about that. I love animals. Hi, I'm Elaine. And I'm Bee. And this is Can You Dig It? The Haikyuu Recap Podcast. Okay, so episode four. View from the summit. So we open with this quote, which is really uh, a, a, a stylistic change that we haven't seen so far in the show with like the black and the, the letters and everything. I think what Go got ahead. me about the quote is that it came from the coach of the Brazilian team. I know! Got and it all ties together. Uh, 100%. And I remember just within those first few seconds of one of this episode, just getting so emotional because it 100% is alluding to how Hinata later on goes to play in Brazil, play for the Brazilian League, and um, before he like goes pro and does all this stuff. And I think that was just such a nice little like gesture to it. Yes, and like you could say, I mean, volleyball is really big in Brazil, so you could say, and this coach is like really famous, so it might just be coincidence, but like also, I just, I really think that like the writing in this show was made to like tie together from the very beginning. 100%, I don't think so it was like, a coincidence. Yeah, I'm like, totally, we've been there. totally about the, this is, this is, this is alluding to what's going to come. And so the quote right now is alluding to Kageyama because then we get that very dramatic flashback. I still, I don't know, it's like a sad little like bit, but I feel like because we kind of only see it as like something that's already happened, it never really has that much of an impact on me as a viewer. Exactly, and it's not even like a, I don't want to say I don't have sympathy for him, but the way that he treated his teammates makes me kind of like, I mean, yeah, I can't feel bad. Is the thing. Like, um, yeah, it's like, what are you expecting to happen? You're going to start berating and being rude to your teammates, and then one day they're not going to be there, and that's exactly what happens to him, mm-hmm. is that he's abandoned and he's left alone. And it's the fact that he's thinking about this and he's having this nightmare right before this like really important three-on-three game they're about to have. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is sort of part of the appeal um, of Haikyuu is like how there are no bad characters there's also no characters that are inherently good or perfect and playing exactly. is a really good example of that I don't in so, any way think he's a bad character like he's not the antagonist he's not like I don't say he's like purposely like mean but he's not perfect either and I think that it's like a really good way we get introduced to him and like his character development through all of this is just like done really nicely too so he has his dream, he wakes up, and the three-on-three three is about to start, and Tsukushima is talking shit again. Oh this my god. Is, this I think, part is so interesting to me. I think what gets me is that Yamaguchi's like, hey, they can hear you, and Tsukushima's like, yeah, I know, I, I, I'm trying to do it on purpose. And then Daichi has the best line of the episode, and he says he's got an excellent bad attitude. And right then and there, I was like, oh, listen, Daichi. For once, you make a point. And Daichi was like, you 
are a little shithead. Like that's what he said. It was so it was so on point. But you know what? I think that this um behavior is really telling because as much as I find Tsukushima annoying, he is a really well-made character. And I think that him acting this way really helps you understand his motivations later because he wouldn't be acting this way if he was actually telling the truth about not caring. Like if he didn't care, he would just like play the game and like whatever. But obviously Mm -hmm. he does care. He's just very insecure. Exactly. And chooses to like be a dick about everything. And then we can even see that like later on in season two when we get to them going to Tokyo to train about how he feels so like lesser in comparison in a sense to Kageyama and Hirata. And I feel like that's why he chooses to push a lot of that onto them. Yeah, I feel like we were really harsh last week about Tsushima. And while I still find him just so irritating, I do... um really appreciate the way that his character was thought out i he has he's a very good character he's just not the character for me okay but going back to um fukushima like caring more than he lets on is that he knows all about kageyama and i even mentioned he's like oh and i went to watch that match like he went to go see yes. oh my uh, god he's in that like final match when kageyama got benched and the team abandoned him so it's like if he didn't care he wouldn't have gone he would have just Yeah, like, people who don't care don't, like, watch volleyball games, like, of local teams. Obviously, he does care. Exactly. My favorite part of this taunting thing is the way that it just, like, completely backfires on him. And Tanaka is, like, just, like, kicking ass the whole time because he's so fired up now that, like, Tsukushima was talking shit about him. And Daichi was like, yeah, you really didn't want to do that. That was a mistake. 100% 100% and then I love this is like the smallest little thing but he's like talking shit you know Fukushima and then it turns and like it goes to like Tanaka like pulling his shirt off and doing a celebration thing and he's all excited and then he just like sticks his tongue out and starts taunting back and I think it starts to add like the like fuel to the fire and they're kind of like both instigating both sides now like they're kind of like feeding off of each other yeah and like the thing is you can tell that Tsukushima is very used to people like um kind of backing down when he starts acting like that but the rest of this team is just like oh oh you want to go and I just exactly I love that for them he's always like oh I'm sorry and then Hinata and Kageyama and Tanaka are all like okay and we'll do it too yeah I mean and I think it's just another example of how um Karasuno really is like a very well-balanced team in the the personalities This is the dumbest thing that I took a note of for this episode. <laughs> but Kageyama said, shut your trap. <laughs> I instantly, instantly thought about Tsumu. Your trap! God, I can't. Okay, wait. That's going to come up later. But God, I miss him. <laughs> That's yeah. like the one thing that he said. I was like, oh my God. Kageyama actually has like the funniest lines if you read or if like when, when you watch the absolute tornado nightmare that is the English dub his like throwaway lines are the funniest thing ever like he's always saying something just so weird in the back and I just love it like I think the best part of the dub honestly is all of Karasuno and then Bokuto it's just so so bad but I love it so much like I would never recommend anyone watch the dub the first time but like the third time 
go for it watch it the third time so funny oh my god it absolutely kills me and especially like some of the translations are just so iconic like I think it's hilarious and they really do like sound like high school boys in it like the way that they did that was just incredible it's a really bad translation but it is really funny it's kind of endearing it honestly is oh ouch we get Yamaguchi served for the first time oh I made a note about that too ouch it really just like hurts my soul to watch it I really had to like I had a cringe I was like oh oh no I literally just wrote rip Yamaguchi serve it just made me so sad but you know it's it's um I think it's the the right place to start his storyline because it really is just like he it's just like is barely scraping by exactly and then by the end he's just like pounding it exactly he's kind of just seen as like wishing a sidekick at this point like he's kind of like and he blends in with like narita like they're all just kind of you know uh, they do whatever they're fine they're average height so yeah i think that having the very first time we see him play volleyball be him like flub a serve is just like yeah it's the right place to start from but it was hard to watch I think that's the thing when any of them mess up you're kind of just like oh you kind of have to like take a minute to like recover from it yeah it really actually a couple times in this episode there's just like because this episode is full of just that oh 100% fucking up over and over again and every time I'm like it just keeps getting worse and worse oh but then we get Daichi's famous receive I was about to say that's like the one thing that like saves them is that he is Just incredible kiss. at receiving. That is like his kiss. It was oh, so, so good. good. And I love that moment because it's really, I feel like this game is like the first time we're starting to see the characters as volleyball players instead of just exactly. as characters, which is kind of, I think it's what is supposed to like specifically endear Karasuno to us is that Karasuno is for the most part, there are exceptions to this, but they're the team that we meet them. We meet the characters as people before we meet them as volleyball players. And exactly. then we build on their character. Whereas the inverse is true. Normally we meet the player first and we like see all, you know, their, their like skill stats are what's important about them as people when you first meet them. Exactly. And then you develop like the actual character's personality. Um, I think the other exception to that is that we do meet, we meet Kenma. Kenma is the exception. Kenma and then kind of Wakawa in a sense. A little bit of Wakawa, yeah. Like like just like that little bit of personality we get from him before they play. But pretty much everyone else, we see them like for the first time when they're playing. Wakawa, I feel like it's a little less true for because we already know, like he's introduced as, before we actually meet him, we hear about him because they're talking about how, how good he is. Yeah. Exactly. He's like the king. Um, but then we get to see that little bit of personality that he has before he actually plays. And you're like, oh, right. okay. <laughs> it's like, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm obsessed with you now. Perfect. <laughs> Love that for me. Um, but yeah, Kenma, I think, is the one true exception in that we like completely meet him out of context with like no information about him, which comes the same with the Cross No boys, how we meet Cross No, we see them play, then we start to like develop their character. It's the exact same with yeah. Kenma, that how we kind of meet Kenma and then we get to see him play and then like later on we get to like learn more about him. And I just I think I really like that because it like gives these characters that you meet and like you see them in a whole new light and you see like why mm-hmm. they act the way they do. We're oh my gosh, okay. So we're halfway through the episode. 
This is my favorite halfway, like the commercial break thingy. The one where Hinata picks up the camera and flips it around. Oh, and then you just see Daichi and he's just like fuming. I just think it's so funny. Like it's my, it's my favorite one. Something that kind of, going back to like Daichi, something that really got me was Tanaka getting like so mad and he's like, you're really trying to piss me off talking about Fukushima. And then Daichi just shakes his head and Tanaka just like deflates. Oh my god. I think it was the funniest little thing. And I like I remember having to pause it and go back and watch it again because I was just cracking up. Yeah, oh my god. They do a great job of like these tiny moments of especially Daichi just being like 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 his every every fiber of his being is just like, no, like don't do that. And Tanaka's just like, okay. Um oh gosh, it's so funny. But yeah, so so then we get to this amazing scene with Shigora. I something about him trying to explain what he means, like both not fully understanding how to say it himself and also trying to explain it in a way that Kageyama will understand. And then Tanaka's like little motivation is so funny. I adore Shigora funny and it's so realistic too when you're just like you know what you're trying to say but you're just kind of like uh, 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 he he nails it and it's just it's so great and I always think about like how the click just like would not have happened without Suga like it just wouldn't it wouldn't have happened exactly and then we have Suga's kind of like not like berating Hinata but kind of being like well you know he can't do this and he can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And you just see Shoya kind of like deflating, getting really sad. And then he goes, but he's a diamond in the rough. Like he sees this potential that Hinata has. And he's kind of just like, you know, I'm not a genius or anything. He's just so like, he notices all the attributes about everyone. And like is able to pull it out of them and like help them through their fullest potential. And that's why I love Suya so much. His whole character arc like makes perfect sense of him uh, becoming a teacher and everything like it's just very fitting for the kind of 100%. person he is and like just the way he he's always like he's always looking out for people in a very specific way and it's just just very sweet I love him he's, he's so great oh I loved that moment when Kageyama is like uses his trademark Kageyama frankness and he's just like yeah you piss me off because you're so good and yet it's just like wasted like and it's the first time that he like really says it in that way yeah and he's not like thinking it and then it's like you suck he literally is like he says exactly what he means in that moment it makes it very clear that like that is uh, a shift in their relationship oh yeah that's the first time that like Kageyama really acknowledges how he thinks of Hinata and then he's just like I'm gonna make the most of you which I think is exactly a very interesting way to think about it and yeah just his realization that like he can use Hinata in that way and I think that's why their quick works so well is that Hinata trusts him so much and that Kageyama knows that he can do it that it's like he's like if I said it to him he will hit it and then Hinata's like I know he's gonna hit it or set it to me you know like they just when he when Kageyama's like who just trusts someone 100% and Hinata's like what else am I supposed to do oh god exactly but because of it we get to see them do their quick for the first time and Hinata does trust him so much that when Kageyama's like just don't look at the ball he just 
closes his eyes. He just closes them. I love this moment. And it, it really, like, it sets up such a such a, an important part of the show. Like, their quick is what they become known for. Exactly. And it's so interesting to watch them do it for the first time and it be, like, just kind of a fluke, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and that's the thing when, you, when you're working on this sort of thing, the first time you do it, there's a part of you that's like, oh, well, that was just a fluke. But you have exactly. to, like, push past the part where you think it's a fluke to the point where you can do it every time. And the way that exactly. they just, like, are so committed to getting it done versus, like, someone like Tsushima who's like, oh, like, it was a fluke. Like, why are they even trying to do it again? But they're like, no, we're just going to keep doing it until, like, until it works. like, it's not a fluke, though. Like, we're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And they, they prove that they can keep doing it again. Um, oh, my God. Can I tell you what made me feel, like, absolutely gutted? Like, a fresh fish just gutted. <sighs> When Kageyama says this position, this timing, this angle. Something about it. Because just you know, like the next time we hear someone say this this position, this timing, this angle. Like all the mirroring. Like you see the mirroring between characters so often. Like you see like Suga and Hinata's mirroring later on. You see Wakawa and Kageyama's mirroring. You see at the very beginning, you see Kageyama mirroring Hinata like they all like mesh off of each other it's just the way that they brought all of this back around like these are things that I like forgot that he said but then like when they bring it all back around reaching like where we are now in the anime like Atsumu says exactly those words and then they lose and it's just like it kind of hurts it it kind of hurts I don't even want to say kind of I don't even want to say kind of because it hurts it hurts so I am gutted. The fact that oh, the fact that I knew it was coming from the very beginning, and just watching it and having all this hope, it just. Uh, but I I hadn't noticed like I didn't recognize the line that he says the those words, and then watching mm-hmm. this watching it work with Kageyama and Hinata this like one time it's just like, it all comes back around. I can't believe he said that. I I feel crazy. I feel crazy. We're gonna have a lot to say about season four. I already know. God, I, already know I can't. I can't. Oh, okay. What happens then? They do it. They do it once that one time, and then they fuck it up a bunch of other times. There's not much to say about that except that Hinata is so cute. He is precious, and he just like collides with the net. Tanaka's like, "What are you, a fish?" Because he's just like flopping around, dangling in that net. I just. He's just so cute. Like, and it, it, it's just like those those small moments, especially in the anime. Like, they don't really read as well, I think, in the manga. Um, mm-hmm. But especially in the anime of just like the antics, they just make me oh, so 100%. happy. One hundred percent. Just like him falling, him him wiping his sweat off the floor, Kyoko coming over to him. Like, it's just these like tiny things that just like bring me so much joy. And I think irrational like- now. It, like, just makes it, like, so much more realistic. It gives that, like, little bit of, like, just something about it just so precious to me. It's it's what makes these characters so endearing to me. Like, more than exactly. any other, any other anything. It's exactly. just the way that it's so, it's so integral to the show in a way that, like, I think the thing that I really appreciate about the show is that none of the, ep- there's no, like, filler episodes. Because the filler parts are just, like, laced into every single episode. You know, it's not like one episode is, like, a really intense, 
like drawn out thing that is like high drama the whole time. And then another episode is like just goofiness. There's always a balance within the episode of like the moments that are, have high tension and the comic relief. And so every single episode feels like a complete thing. Exactly. Like so much happens. So, well. so much happens. And then you'll like go to see how much longer you have. And you're like, wait, there's, there's still another like half an episode left. And so much has already like just happened. And that happened to me with this episode too. Where I was like, oh God, like there's like there's still a lot left, but I feel like so much has happened. Um, oh, I love the moment of Hinata like looking at his palm, mm-hmm. and, uh, describing that feeling. That is like such a such a relatable moment for me personally of having like exactly. a, a very tactile experience. I'm sure a lot of people relate to this of like a very tactile experience and just like remembering that feeling so strongly in your body and associating it with something that makes you so happy. It's just like exactly. a very powerful thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like I didn't, I didn't have a lot to say about this episode. I think the one thing that really got me this episode was that very ending moment, like right before those ending credits, where Hinata's finally going over the wall and he says that he can see the view from the top of the summit. What kind of goes back to the title of this episode. And how he's able to do that because he has Kageyama trusting him with that set. And then Kageyama trusts him to hit it. And how he like can just peek over and he just opens his eyes to see the ball falling to the other side of the court. I think something about it just like really got, like really gets to me. Yeah. And it's, it's really, um, it's good storytelling because we're really wrapping or we're not wrapping up, but we're, we're setting up all of the pieces for like our first story too exactly to come about you know like because once the training arc is over like they don't use that narrative again for a while but they're really like bringing all of the things from the first episode are are really well arced out through the first practice match arc yeah do you also just help to set the precedent for the rest of the season yeah this first season especially is like very much about Karasuno and like the the team dynamic exactly and is it until like close to the end of season one getting into season two that we start to like branch out to like these other teams and their dynamics and just everything but I think as a whole this season's a really good like place to start because I feel like it's like just enough to get you going and then you start to meet everyone else and you're not like overwhelmed and overloaded with like so much happening at once yeah I think the the character the character introductions go so smoothly and I think that they are really well paced but that's like the, like, I'm trying to remember how I felt the first time I watched it. But now I'm like, just like, I'm, I'm like itching to meet all of the people that I love the most. And I'm like, that's so selfish of me. I should pay attention to what's going on. But exactly. It's kind of like you have that void. It feels so weird. We're not going to get to see Bokuto until season two. You know, I'm thinking about that. So there's so many characters that we don't meet till later that when someone starts watching for the first time I literally just like sit there and twiddle my thumbs until they're like oh hey I just met them and then I just like go off on tangents god when they're like who's your favorite character I'm like you're not gonna meet them until 50 episodes in so you're not gonna meet them might as well, four. we might as well not talk half. about it you meet them the second half of season four I mean yeah when you're like, oh yeah, you know, Kita, you, you can read all of his manga panel, every single panel that he is in, in half an hour. But, you know, that's my favorite character. Oh my gosh. 
It was so bad. I remember, this is totally off topic. I remember when I was getting everyone into it. I started like raving about Kian, how excited I was. And my friends were like, I have no idea who you're talking about. Like, we just saw like a two second clip of him. I was like, stop, listen. <laughs> you don't understand. You just have to like meet him. Yeah, you know what? I redact my statement earlier about how there are no perfect characters. He I is perfect. Say, I'm like, that's a lie. But in my season four, when we get to him, I will go, we will go off about it. But Kida is He's the perfect. perfect character. Like, perfect. They even say it. He's just perfect. We can't, we can't, we can't. I, uh. Trying to get emotional. No, overall, this was a nice episode. It feels very just like trial and error. Exactly. I feel like that's just what this episode was about, which is like an important thing to show. And I would much rather watch an episode where they like keep screwing up as much as it's like hard to watch when they just like do stuff perfectly all the time, you know? Exactly. It adds back on that realism and how we like want to root for them as an underdog and how we're kind of like, oh, come on, you can do it. It's not just like, you know, they're going to do it. Except I don't know. That just doesn't affect me that much. Maybe I'm broken. I don't really root for the underdog. <laughs> I think it's just having your favorite be not um, I'm biased. I mean, I always root for the opposing team. Honestly, same. My favorite team is always the is. opposing team. It makes me feel like a little, like, is something wrong with me? That I just, ne- I'm never rooting for Karasuno. Nothing personal. I guess it's just, it's, it's nothing actually, personal. It's just like... Actually, you know what? I do start rooting for them, but it's not until, like, way, way later <laughs> when it doesn't, like, affect me as much anymore. I feel like I only root for them against, like, the teams that don't matter, you know? But, like, as soon as there's a team that has any, any emotional development, I'm like, I want them to win. <laughs> The thing with season one is that you kind of don't really know what's going to happen going into it. So when you do this rewatch, you're kind of like, okay, come on, come on, let's get to it. Like you want to meet these characters, you want to get to like that second half where you have that match. Because right now it's kind of a lot of it's like, okay, I get it. Please just like give them to me. Yeah, the buildup feels so slow when you rewatch it. Even though like, you know, it's good pacing. It's just like, it feels so exhaustive. Exactly. Yeah, we'll get there. Baby steps. Baby steps. Just like these boys who are taking the slowest of baby steps. God, it's so crazy that they don't even have a coach right now. Like, what are they doing? What were they going to do? Were they just like not going to have a coach? Honestly. I can't believe that. They were really just not going to have a coach. It's like that with a lot of programs where it's kind of like the students lead it. Hmm. I didn't go to public school. I have no experience in that field. So I don't That was with me. really understand. um, For one of the schools that I work at, they didn't have someone teaching them for a while. So they're kind of taking care of themselves. And then it was kind of like that transition from having one coach to having nothing to having a new coach that were kind of like building and working off each other. And I feel like that's what we get to really see when we get to finally meet like Ukai and like Takada and like all these like coaches where it's kind of like you see them starting to develop like an actual like team dynamic rather than just these boys playing. Yeah, right now it definitely feels like very, I mean, they talk about, you know, going to nationals or whatever, but it's in the beginning, it really feels like a pipe dream. Exactly. Like the way they talk about it is so um, like, they're just kind of, I don't want to say that they're not like serious about it, 
because they definitely are but there's exactly. this sort of far-fetched thing of like do you really think this is, this could possibly happen like you have nothing you don't even have a coach what do you think is gonna be what no right now it feels like they're kind of just playing for fun more than anything yeah which is definitely um why I I I love Takeda so much he's honestly I one of my favorite adult characters him. I adore him. I think he honestly might be my favorite adult character. What? You're giving actually, up on sexy grandpa? <laughs> I was mean, actually second favorite. Nekamata still has my heart. Um, I was like, you can't do this to me. You can't tell me that no, the guilt sorry. is not your favorite. Please don't expose me like that. I do love Nekamata though. Look, I'm going to expose myself too. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, 100% though. Takeda's definitely up there in favorite adults yeah um and honestly like nothing about this show would be possible without him exactly I feel like a lot of people give credit to Ukai about how he's like oh like he came and he helped him and stuff and I'm like that's true I adore him but he wouldn't have come if it wasn't for like Takata being so persistent about it and seeing this potential that they have he wouldn't have come and also even if Yukai had come by himself they wouldn't have gone to Tokyo, which completely changed the entire team. They exactly. wouldn't have played the, the matches. They wouldn't have played any of the practice matches they played. Not the one against um, Dantako, not the one against Abrojosai. Like, none, they wouldn't have had any of their matches. They probably wouldn't have had the money to even go anywhere. Because exactly. Taka, like, he gives his own... God, he gives his own money from, like, his savings. And you exactly. guys, like, give this money to your fucking kids. And he's like these are my kids these are my kids and I think I just I adore that so much and how his determination for all of this kind of like pushes everyone else to help because you have Yachi come in season two who's like immediately working to help fund them and then season four we have Luka getting like a second job to help fund them and it's all it's just literally like Takara kind of like has everyone start like to believe in them that like they can actually do this they actually have the potential yeah, and also, like, talk about realism, teachers using their own money to pay for things, like... Oh, 100%. As someone who's that's real. right now to be a teacher, I'm going to have to pay out of pocket for, like, my entire classroom. Oh, yeah. My mom, every year, my mom would be like, okay, it's time to go to Staples so I can buy all of my students all of the supplies that they need for the year. <laughs> it's like, what? It's a lot. But it's 100% worth it. And that's the thing um, when we get into, I feel like we'll probably talk about this the most when we get to Shiro Torizawa, but it also is another element of the class consciousness mm -hmm. of class consciousness. Oh, 100%. That is all topics for a later time. Exactly. <sighs> we'll do this again next week. Sounds good to me. Bye. Bye. Bye.